what it was supposed to be made of. Probably some uh, carbon fiber or something. But anyway, Greg, that's some pretty stiff penalties. And uh, I mean, what would that deflection of the air and, and disfiguring that back glass and everything, how would that help? Well, we even saw it years ago. When you have a deflection, whether it's moving the back seat pillars in or especially like a glass that sucks and that puts so much downforce on the rear end which makes you just be able to run the corner that much faster. Now, Harvick has proven, you know, he's been he's been running awful good, you know, ever since he you know, he got with the with the team he has now and uh it ain't supposed to break and we never had one break, those straps. But whether it was intentional or not is the question. But if it helped the car NASCAR's it helped it a lot. But that doesn't mean Harvard wouldn't have won the race. And like Darrell Walter says, we got to work. They work in such a tiny box with the rules now. And uh, It's getting smaller all the time. And the gray areas, there's almost none there. It's like you can get caught for something they don't even have something they measure. And they'll still find you. Because mm. they got in that sharp. Now, whether that's good or bad, it, I think it takes some of the creativity out of it. But that's just the way it works. And Mike Helton had explained it to us several times. He said, "He said you." He told me, "He said you and Bud would have had some problems y'all without here running." So, running who, who pays the penalty? The crew chief himself or the owner? I'm sure the owner does. Um, but it's it, it's an embarrassment as much as anything because sponsors don't like for their cars and in this case it's uh, Jimmy John's I think the freaky fast sandwiches I don't think they're too uh, the, the sponsors don't like for their uh, the car with their name plastered all over it to to be illegal mm. and so it's kind of an, uh, an embarrassment thing all the way around other than the, the monetary I, they can handle that but um I think it's a reputational thing. Uh, you know, another thing that was interesting about this, if I understand it correctly, is, you know, the they've got all those. And, and Nelson told us last week how many different spots or points or whatever that the laser picks up when it's, you know, inspecting the configuration of the car. It still fit all, all of those, uh, the, the required configuration. It was just when the car was at speed with the air pressing down on it, that it deflected. So it was kind of like, you know, if it's sitting still, it, it's good. But if it's on the track, it's not good. And, you know, now in, in your day, Greg, which was about 20 years ago, um, was that back glass made of glass or was it Lexan or what? The whole time that, it, that I was involved, originally, I think you had to use actual glass, like when Jack Smith drove and yeah. Wedley and those guys. But it was always plexiglass. Okay. Now, for the longest time, the front windshield was especially made thick one by the manufacturer. Right. But later on, we went to Lexan, probably about 92 or something. But, uh, yeah, we had the braces the same way, and you had bolts that went through it. And back then, we, we re-ran cars a lot more. You know, you didn't throw cars away like they do now, but... Uh, with all the sponsorship and all the money and everything, in technology, we have to admit, in all sorts of life, it's advanced a lot. So they're inspecting. It used to be you went through inspection two or three times before you even qualified. 
in the post race after the race inspection the biggest thing they checked was the size of the engine and the gas tank and the height of the car but if the car had been compromised because it was in a wreck or something uh now if that motor was just one point something over that that was that was a bad deal uh unless you were richard petty Unless you was Richard Petty. <laughs> but, um, you know, and the fines weren't nearly as much. And NASCAR, NASCAR understands the sponsorship thing. But they have to do it because all of them are, all of them are so good. I mean, it's just, it's, just, it's just the way it is. Yeah. And they did have a good crowd out in Las Vegas. I was tickled about that. And it was a pretty good race. Yeah, they had a, well, I'll disagree with you there. They did have a really good crowd. I think Harvick leading... 214 or 267 laps is not what I would call too good of a race. Uh, and, the, you know, as many cars as they tore up at Daytona, they're, the last couple of races they've been, they've been pretty easy on the, the destruction derby. With uh, I think the only crash they had this past week, or the, the major one, was on a restart when, for some weird reason, Kurt Busch hung a right in the middle of a left-hand turn. And... Um, he couldn't save it in time because uh, Chase Elliott was there, and uh, he took Chase into the wall and and eliminated both of them. And he took blame. I mean, he said it just stepped out on me. I, I don't know what happened. But but getting back to the penalty, the, that back glass, it just looks to me, and you can see it on the video, the slow motion, and everything. It's it just looked like the glass must have been so thin. I was just wondering if it was thick enough because it it looked like the thickness of the glass would do a lot to, you know, to keep to keep it from deflecting. But it was deflecting the whole back of the roof and everything down. So that's just that's just some thin pieces there. The only way I can figure it out, and uh, and the support broke went, which Las Vegas is not nearly as fast a track as Daytona, and they went a whole two weeks at Daytona without this problem, and then they go to a a track that's uh, eighty miles an hour slower and and something. You know, brakes that is affected by air pressure, actually. So, I thought that was kind of strange. I don't think I remember one of those braking. But it could have. Those people are so creative and engineers and stuff now. We don't know if it was intentional or not. I don't think it was intentional, but it doesn't make any difference. There's just too much money and things involved. Yeah. Well, you know, I know you guys back in the uh, early '90s, y'all y'all had some shenanigans with uh, moving the the this that that was a C pillar, the one at the back glass. Y'all inched them in a little bit and got more downforce on the spoiler, and it took Ford a long time to figure that one out. Yeah, it was the back pillar I called the C pillar. You had A, B, and C, and there never was a template to fit that. So you took advantage of that. Morgan Shepard come to drive horse. Super good race driver. I mean, you know, he, he was, he wasn't exactly a spring chicken when we got him. Done a wonderful job. Run that, put that car back up front. Won some races. But there was nobody was measuring the C-pillars. One of the guys at the back of the shop, and Daddy and me, I think, and I have to credit Phil Harris, who was the fabricator, he got thinking about it. He, he was really the one that, and he said, we need to pull these things in to put more air on the rear spoiler. 
and we pulled the pillars in a half inch on each side. You couldn't tell it looking at it. It wasn't against the rules. And we went up to Ford, and all the Ford drivers said, this car's too loose, or the new Thunderbird is too loose. Morgan got up and said, mine drives perfect. Of course, now Bud Morgan set a car up. But Ford found out when went the wind tunnel, they couldn't understand. This car got all this downforce. So Ford caught it, and being responsible by Ford, we had to share it with the other Ford team. Yeah. Well, anyway, it was later that year. Daddy wasn't out at Sears Point. He didn't, you know, he got where he didn't go to some racing and stuff. And uh, I tried to, they come to me and said, look, we can't, you know, don't have hardly enough time to fix all these cars. They said, could you go talk? Well, I, 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 I was nowhere near as successful at talking to Bill France as Bud Moore was. So Not anyway. many people were. Uh, really about nobody, especially me. <laughs> well, we're going to take our first break right now. And um, when we come back, we're going to talk to Tom Jensen, who is the new curator of the uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte, North Carolina. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante! 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante! Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than a hey, Plante? All it! Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. The new way was new way back in 1938, and it's still going strong today with quick service for lunch, sandwiches, sides, and your favorite beverage. And no trip to the new way is complete without trying their original redneck cheeseburger or redneck nachos made with the new way's homemade famous pimento cheese. The new way has lunch specials Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. Try the new way's specialty sandwiches, including their grown-up grilled cheese. The new way still going strong after nearly 80 years. 373 East Kennedy Street. Look for the PBR sign and the big red door. Hey everyone, this is Tyler Sugar. And I'm Mitch. Join us for Spartanburg's only locally produced morning show, Bump and Run, every weekday morning from 7 to 9. I'll have your overnight scores and updates on the somewhat famous score days. High schools, Carolina, Clemson. We cover sports like nobody else in our area. Bump and Run, weekday mornings at 7 on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. It's the call nobody wants to make. Your home or business has water or fire damage or mold. Let Service Master of the Upstate make that call a little easier. Service Master of the Upstate restores homes and businesses alike. If you've been 
been hit with mold or fire or water damage, call today at 582-3451. Service Master of the Upstate also cleans carpets, rugs, and hard surface flooring. Make that call a little easier. Call Dyer and Amanda Jennings at Service Master of the Upstate, 582-3451. 582-3451. Mauricio and his staff at La Paz Mexican Restaurant in Bowling Springs say come on in for lunch or dinner. La Paz offers authentic Mexican fare seven days a week. Want a quick and inexpensive weekday lunch? La Paz lunch specials start at just $4.50. Mauricio invites you to try La Paz local favorites, including their Pollo Loco, Texas Fajitas, and the Speedy Gonzalez, all while enjoying the best margarita specials in town for just $3.50. Tell Mauricio Fox Sports 1400 sent you to La Paz Mexican Restaurant, Highway 9 in Bowling Springs. Sure, you can buy steaks, chops, and other cuts of meat a lot of places, often cut hours or even days early. But if you want your next great steak, wild game, pork, or other cut of meat perfectly marbled and aged between 40 and 70 days, then Tate Meatworks is the place for you. Tate's offers Angus, Prime, and other heritage breed cuts so meticulously aged, you can't screw it up unless you burn it. For your next melt-in-your-mouth steak, visit Tate Meatworks, 435 East Main Street near downtown Spartanburg. This is Phil Cornblue. Join me for Sports Talk weeknights at 6 on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And we'd like to bring in right now from Charlotte, North Carolina at the Hall of Fame, Tom Jensen, the curator. How are you doing this morning, Tom? I'm doing great how are you guys doing good now is curator is that your exact title or it, it, it seems like i read it, something yesterday that's uh, longer than that uh the actual title is manager of curatorial services <laughs> but i work very closely with our curator dan simone oh so okay we're all on the same team well it's a team that i'd like to be on i can tell you that i can't think of anything that would be better than the playing with racing artifacts and photographs and and uh you know, all day long. That's um, that would be a dream job, and your dream job got a uh, a little better this week with um, five more nominees for the Hall of Fame. You want to tell us a little bit about uh, the new five, the five new people that um, that are on the list? Well, we we uh, had the um, uh, the NASCAR Hall of Fame nominating committee met at Daytona during Speed Week, and, and there were 24 of us on the nominating committee, myself included. And we talked about who we thought the 20 people who should be up for, for uh, nomination for the Hall of Fame class of 2019 should be, and, and we came up with, with what I think is going to be a very strong slate of candidates. We had the 15 people who were already in. They, car- they all carried over from from last year, which was not guaranteed, but they did. We had uh, we added uh, John Holman and Ralph Moody, uh, who ran, a, of course, a powerhouse Ford Holman Moody team from the late 1950s to the early 70s. We added Jeff Gordon, who has four championships and ranks third overall in terms of victories in the NASCAR Premier Series, and you got to believe he's He's going to be a strong candidate. And Kirk Schelmerdine, who was Dale Earnhardt's crew chief for four of Earnhardt's um, seven cup championships. So we have, we feel like we've got a very strong group of people 
um, who are up. And, and we'll see on May 23rd who gets elected from that group. That is a good group. Uh, I think, what, wasn't Harry Gann on, on the group? Wasn't he the fifth one? Yes, yes. I'm sorry. I, but that was, I left out Harry. Well, yes. Harry, you know, you can't. The thing is, you know, y'all put in five. I wish all of them could go in, but you can't do it that way. And y'all got a well, per- perfect way of doing it. And that is five of the strongest. That's one of the best groups to go in. Uh, the thing is, everybody's worthy. There's not anybody in that group who, who doesn't deserve to be in. It's just a question of, of when different people will get in. I mean, I, I think the consensus seems to be, and, and I think rightly so, that Gordon is going to be a slam dunk first ballot. I think he'll get elected. But as far as the other four, that's anybody's guess. Yeah, I would I would think that, uh, well, what John Holman and Ralph Moody done is legendary. And uh, But they did, and uh, Lee kept the, uh, the business going. You know, they were building motors and selling parts even after Mr. Holman passed away. Uh, so they stayed in business, but they didn't directly race much more after the factory was pulled out. But they were still, uh, Tommy Turner was building Wood Brothers Motors. They were selling parts. And, uh, you know, Lee's done a lot of historic stuff. And he'll be a great representative uh, for John when he goes yep. in. And uh, Ralph Moody had, oh, this you can go on for hours about him. But Well, uh, well I'll tell you something about Ralph Moody in 1950. Five, I think it was. It could have been fifty-six, but I saw him win at the fairgrounds. I mean, he was. Uh, oh, he was a good. He driver. was a good was driver a from guy. out of uh, the Northeast, and uh, I think he was driving Pete DiPaolo, Pete DiPaolo Ford yep. back then. And uh, uh, I, I think he drove uh, for quite a few years. You know, testing cars. Like I heard stories about Fred Lorenzen would come in and say, "Oh, the car's doing this or that," and. Ralph Moody just jump in it and go find out for himself because it was his car. Yeah. Uh, John yeah. Holman was... Ralph, Ralph was quite a talent, and, and they were, you know, that the Holman-Moody operation was kind of the Hendrick Motorsports of the day right. back in the 60s. They were, they were somebody you had to beat every single week, every single track. They were somebody to be dealt with. And so I, I think maybe the fact that there's two of them has sort of held them back. You know, when you, it, it's sort of like with Glenn and Leonard Wood, when you put one in ahead of the other and, and you know, those situations get kind of complex, but I think uh, I'm very happy to see them on the ballot because they're certainly deserving. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, and I, uh, the thing was, John Holman was a brilliant businessman and he knew a lot about racing, knew a lot about managing people. Uh, they were they were the Rick Hendricks or, or the big multi car team uh, of the sixties because about everybody ever had a Ford run their motors we we didn't but we bought parts off of them and um, yeah. Ralph Moody he could drive a race car he was more hands on you know mm-hmm. I remember when Pearson drove the car and stuff I've, I've heard tales where uh, and, and you know David Pearson does, it, it runs super good just like Fred Lorenzen. And and, sure. and people that got in their car, Mario Andretti, one Daytona, uh, and a home in the and a home Fairlane, Moody, yes, and, sir, nineteen sixty seven, and drove off and left the rest of us. And uh, yeah, 
I was watching something on that the other day, and he was talking about it. That they, they had so many motors on the truck, and he he wanted to make sure he had a good one, and he kind of complained about it. So Ralph went over there, and they, and they took one of the other motors, put in it. When they dropped the green flag, he was gone. So they had some. They they were tough to beat. You got a few other people on the list though that were already um, there. Like you mentioned, the fifteen that carried over, and I there's. I'm not looking at the list, and I obviously don't have it committed to memory, but I sure would like to see Buddy Baker get in. Well, I, Buddy Baker made it into the top eight last year, and I think there's there was strong sentiment for him. And, it, you know, there's a whole group of guys, Buddy Baker, Harry Gant, Davey Allison, uh, Bobby Labonte, who are all around the 19, 20, 21, 22 win mark. But I think what Buddy's got going for him that maybe some of the others don't is Buddy, of course, did so much on broadcasting, right? On TV, and and then towards his later years on Sirius XM Radio, he he was he was somebody who made a name for himself in the car, but he was somebody who made a name for himself out of the car too. He was very and, funny. Oh God, he he was he was hilarious. One of my favorite Buddy Baker stories is he won a race at the old Texas World Speedway uh, back in the early 70s. And in those days, a lot of times you drove to the track from places further away and they were having kind of a, uh, they had kind of a raucous celebration in Victory Lane and he's driving home through Texas in the middle of the night. And he, by his own admission, he'd had a little champagne. <laughs> and so he was, he was feeling good. And a, a cop pulled him over, and um, Buddy started talking to him, and, and the cop, and you know, no, noticed the trophy that was sitting in the car. And Buddy told him he was a racer, and, and uh, the the policeman said, "Can I get him? You know, can I get your autograph?" And Buddy said, "Can I shoot your gun?" <laughs> I heard Buddy Baker one time. He said he went to Riverside for three years before he realized that the S's were paved. Oh, but, but, hey, yeah. Buddy Baker get the job yeah. done. I know you, he drove for us for what was it, Ferry, about three years. Yeah. And when we went to Talladega. Well, who was going to run second? It was who was going to run second. Uh, yep. We won it about three times in a row. One time we lost it when they had the, the sabotage uh, deal, that big controversy. And, uh, Buddy Baker, he had a foot. He could run them big tracks. And I tell you what, he got in, in, our, in our car that Daddy set up because he was a good, such a good man with chassis. Uh, he used yeah. to run about fourth out there at Riverside and stuff. So he could get the job done. Yeah, he, he was he was quite a talent. I'm, I'm also interested to see if this is going to be the year Davey Allison goes. And, you know, it's always hard to evaluate somebody when their career was cut short, and Davies certainly was yes. by his untimely death in 1993. But, you know, he won almost 10% of his starts, which is truly an impressive number. And I, you know, personally, I would would like to think he's got a good chance of going in. Well, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, would... Dale Earnhardt have won seven championships if Davey Allison and Tim Richmond had had lived longer. You know, that's an interesting right. thought. And Ernie Irvin had and Ernie Irvin. Hurt. If you 
If you remember, when Irving got hurt, he was leading the championship ahead of Earnhardt that Earnhardt ultimately won. So, yeah, there, there's there's so many what-ifs in racing. And, and really, at the end of the day, all you have to go by is what the actual record book says. Exactly. It's tough making those decisions. Yeah. Tom, let me ask you a question, and, and forgive me sure. for I'm not going to apologize for asking this question, but it's a, it's a <laughs> tough question, and I, I've never really heard anybody address it. But I, I've been to the museum many times, the, muse, the Hall of Fame. I don't mean to call right. it a museum, but the Hall of Fame. And you've it got, is a museum. You, it, it is, it's the best, and you've got artifacts all over the place from Smokey Eunuch. But you never hear Smokey Eunuch mentioned, uh, you know, as being one of the nominees. And I mean, is is he not ever discussed? Is it is it because he wrote that the book that's you know it's pretty hard on the Francis, and and that's whether it's true or not. That's what the public thinks is that well he was so hard on Bill France he'll never get in. And so so far you know he's not even on the list. You know what what's your thoughts? Because they're not hiding from Smokey Eunuch. You got his stuff all over the Hall of Fame. That's that's. A very good question, but but a, and the the simple answer is, um, you know, he he did not get along with Bill France, and there's a lot of animosity um, about Smokey from the from the France family, and a lot of animosity from uh, the France family about Smokey, and from Smokey about the the France family, so. Uh, I think he's certainly somebody who deserves to get in, Absolutely. whether he ever does or not. I think that's an open question. You know, I've read Smokey's book, I don't know how many times, and and he does, he is very, very hard on the France family from the beginning of the to the end. Uh, but at the end of the book, when Bill France is in senior, the old man is in his last days, he, uh, you know, Smokey talks about just having to turn away and cry because he's he wasn't the big bear of a man that you know he used to be and and that didn't make up for all the harsh things that he said but it, it kind of it told me a little bit about Smokey Eunuch that you know as we get older you know you got to let bygones be bygones and he uh of course, the last line of the book, I think he's ripping Bill from Billy France. Uh, I mean, all the way to the end. But he did soften up with, with Bill France somewhat. And, you know, I just think it's a shame. It's, 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 it's kind of a Pete Rose deal. I mean, you know, Pete Rose, no matter what he did, he you, know, you can't. His numbers are undeniable as, as Smokey Eunuch went in, like, what, three of the first four Southern 500s or something close to that. And, and championships with Herb Thomas. And it's... Uh, Hard man to keep out, but Tom, I appreciate you addressing that because I've, I've never heard anybody ask the question, to be honest with you. I think I think there's some fear that, you know, it would offend the, whoever's being asked, and I appreciate you addressing it. Yeah. i tell you. Oh, but, no problem. Given, given, no problem. Given time, uh, you know, time sort of smooths rough edges off. I say given time, he, he'll go in. He'll go in, but... Uh, no, he, <laughs> him and France family didn't get along very good at all, and NASCAR in general, because he stayed he stayed not on the gray area, but he had learned so much from working on airplanes in World War Two. The man, yeah. the man is was a genius. Uh, I yeah. got to talk to him many a times, and but uh, yeah, we, we 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 I'm glad you addressed that. But, uh, who who I'm trying to think who on. on 
on the 15, we talk about Buddy Baker. I'm trying to remember. I'm going to tell you somebody I think deserves to go in, and I'm just going to say this real quick. Ernie Elliott by far needs mm. to go on the list eventually. Interesting choice. I think one of the things you're going to see happen over the next few years is as, as and it's starting to happen already, I think as, as you see the drivers who need to get in, go in, what you're going to see is more crew chiefs and like we had Ray Everham in this year and, and I think you're going to see more crew chiefs and mechanics and, and team owners and, and track officials. And I think the early concentration, as it should be, because the drivers are the stars, um, has to be the drivers. But I think that's going to that's going to change in, in coming years. Tom, there'll still on- be drivers going in, of course. Tom, we've only got a couple of minutes left here. I want you to tell okay. us what's going on right now at the Hall of Fame and uh, what's new and what we need to hurry down there and see before it's taken out, which is I'm always worried about missing something, and that's why I try to go once a year at least. And um, what's it cost to get in and well, how you we, get tickets? And tell us about it. We, um, you can get tickets online at NASCARHall.com. Right now, through the end of May, we've got the Cars 3 exhibit, which is pretty cool because it, it's we have a life-size Lightning McQueen in the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and it's one of only two in the world that are not on a Disney property. You know, that was a Disney Pixar movie. And so we've got one of, one of only two of those, which which is pretty cool. And we'll be keeping it even after the Cars exhibit goes away. We'll be keeping that. We're doing a lot more educational programs these days. So there's a lot of cool stuff going on. Well, you know, Greg and I, if you still got that Bud Moore T-Bird in there of Bobby Allison's, Greg and I we did, did a, we did a, we the did. background on that uh, for... Uh, um, Aaron Hodgson. Uh, Hodgson, yeah. That, that, I couldn't think of his name for a yeah. second. That car was run at, at, at the last uh, last race, or the first race of the season before they downsized the car, and Benny Parsons wrote. And uh, Warner had wanted the car, so it was a good car. And Barry done all the right and all that stuff. I, we, 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 I just wrote what you told me. Well, <laughs> I, I tell you what I've done. I actually used daddy's chassis book and some engine <coughs> stuff that we never nobody ever ever saw in it in memory and very not uh that i'm i'm real proud of the job perry done put on it because that's probably one of the best documented cars the Tom. car won a lot and uh, uh I, we, we're real proud of that and i'm proud that it's still up there tom we appreciate you coming on the show and uh I wanted to get into your background, your writing, and your your work with Fox and everything, but we just didn't get there this time. I hope we can get you to come back uh, later on in the season. I'd be happy to. Anytime, guys. Okay, that's Tom Jensen um, from the Hall of Fame in Charlotte, North Carolina. The uh, That's a long title he's got, but I still want to call him the curator, although he's, he did say somebody else has that title. And uh, we appreciate him coming on and telling us, telling us uh What's going on and his thoughts about um, uh, the new class for the Hall of Fame, the the new nominees anyway. And I especially liked his thoughts on uh, Smokey Eunuch, which uh, actually I've never heard anybody address before. But you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And we'll be back with Nelson Crozier from uh, Phoenix right after this. 
Forever to be. And you can put spurs on this one. The Garnet and Black play here. He dives and makes the catch. Catch the Gamecocks in action all season long. Blasted deep to right. Right here on your home for South Carolina baseball. Spartanburg's home of the Gamecocks is Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Here comes lunchtime. You know that unlike some barbecue places, Bubba's Barbecue and Bash has ribs for lunch every day. Bubba's also has great burgers, pulled pork, calabash chicken, all of your favorite sides, and some of the best sauce around. Top it off with Bubba's famous banana pudding or a slice of pecan pie for dessert, and you'll make Bubba's your barbecue home. Bubba's Barbecue and Bash, 827 West Blackstock Road, just a half mile from Westgate Mall. Have lunch at Bubba's today. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets, to build wealth, and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster, in the Spartanburg office of Jenny Mock. Montgomery Scott can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs at 864-585-8282. That's 585-8282 or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jenny Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. This is KB for Animal Allies. In a cold world, it breaks my heart to see stray dogs and cats on the loose, knowing that any moment they could, well, you know the rest. Animals need all the help they can get. They need an ally, and Animal Allies is just the place to offer that help. Animal Allies is the best low-cost spay and neuter clinic in the upstate. Don't overpay to help fix Spartanburg's stray animal problem. Animal Allies makes doing the right thing affordable. Asheville Highway in Spartanburg or visit online at animalalliesclinic.org. Want to talk racing with the guys? Call the Sign Force hotline now at 864-468-1400. Start your engine returns in a moment on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. If you're in the market for a job in manufacturing or distribution, or you run a business and are in need of employees in fields ranging from small-scale construction to large mechanical contracting to manufacturing, packaging, and warehousing, then let CRS help. CRS has been a reliable bridge that runs in both directions for employers and job seekers. Get your next great search started today. Call CRS at 336-2405, stop by 337 Spartan Green Boulevard in Duncan, or online at crshighright.com. 
Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Hi, this is Dan Patrick. Join me and the Danettes weekday mornings at 9 on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Welcome back to the last segment of Start Your Engines for Saturday, March the 10th. And... Maybe my favorite part of the week is right now when we go live trackside and talk to Nelson Crozier. Nelson, how is it out in Phoenix? Uh, beautiful, just a few clouds in the sky, but uh, you know it's about 73 now, going up to about 80. Uh, no chance of rain till next Friday. Oh, that sounds good. That's what we want to hear. And uh, what's, the, what's the chance of a rattlesnake? Better and best. <laughs> Nelson, uh, quite a week last week at uh, Las Vegas with uh, the controversy, controversy about Kevin Harvick and his back glass and the brace and everything and and the other thing along the rocker panel, which I, I know even less about that. But we've we've touched on it earlier this morning. But since you're out there and you're our you're our expert on this, tell us about the tell us about the brace that broke and um, and why and what do you think about the ramifications. Okay, uh, first of all, there's even controversy about whether the brace broke or not. Uh, the window flexed. Uh, apparently, there's no question on that. But, you know, it passed pre-race, it passed post-race. But, you know, there was so much so- social media about it that uh, I think NASCAR was pressing into doing something. So far as the skirt, it was not made of aluminum. It was made of a flexible material. Uh, and that was a relatively new rule. They said it was the same skirt and everything they ran, you know, at the, uh, you know, the week before at Atlanta. So how come, uh, you know, it was good one week and it wasn't good the next week? It wasn't until they went back to the uh, R&D center that they determined that it was not satisfactory. Now, is it true that when the car was sitting still um, and it, they they have all those different points they measure and everything with the laser, um inspection that it was okay but it was like when the car was on the track at speed the the air pressure would make that back glass flex and it and and it was no longer legal is that the way it worked now that's pretty much the gist of it uh you know i think if nascar wants to correct it they need to say you need to run uh you know uh a heavier uh gauge material for the black uh, back glass uh because apparently uh you know, the brace was okay, but, you know, depending on how it worked, it either helped them or it hurt them. So, uh, you know, who's to be the judge on it? But there were so many pictures, whether they were photoshopped or whether they were real, uh, that's what, I think, pushed NASCAR to do something. Now, was it too much of a penalty? Most people think so. Yeah. Nelson, I... Uh, you know, with the, as Darrell Walter have always said, and, and we've said that they, 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 NASCAR tried to work really within too small of a box, uh, you know, due to 
the money involved and uh, a lot of things. And the only thing I think probably the competitors that saw the pictures and and you know much about this because I, I know you you've even been in the wind tunnel with us. Uh, it would have helped the downforce, but Kevin Harvick and that team runs good anyway. So did it help the car? It could have. Was it intentional? Uh, if it was, that's pretty creative. But uh, Kevin Harvick don't need uh, nothing to run good. You know, he 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 he's a he's a competitor, good week in and week out. But uh, I know you know we done that deal with the C pillars with Morgan Shepherd, and they caught it in the wind tunnel. Ford did and had to share it, and then but that was intentional. But we never got fined or anything. We just all had to fix it. I got scolded. Well, I got know, scolded. Some of the stuff uh, is like a cop sitting uh, in the bushes. You're coming up to a stop sign. Uh, you're still rolling about five miles an hour, and you're seeing nothing's coming. So you're just going to go ahead. Then you see the cop in the bushes, so you stop. You didn't run the stop sign, but you pull out and go up about a half block and pulls over. You said, I knew you were going to run that stop sign. Uh, and even though you didn't, I knew your intention was to do it, so I'm going to give you a ticket. And that's pretty much to where NASCAR has gotten on some of this stuff. I think that hurts a lot of the creativity. Uh, it, it definitely does. And I mean, sure, some people were getting uh, you know, way out of the box on it. Uh, you know, Baby used to have the, uh, the best deal. If I come up with something one week and somebody has it, they go complaining to them. He says, well, you know what it is. Next week, everybody will have it. Exactly. So, uh, you know, you've got to have rules, and you've got to enforce them to some degree. Uh, but getting, uh, you know, your mind involved in it, saying, well, I think you were going to do that, so I'm going to fine you. No, I don't agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And uh, like I say, Nelson, there's so many innovations that you come up with that people didn't actually apply. I know uh, we we applied uh, us and uh, Dunleavy and a couple of people. It helped everybody, but uh, then two or three years later, they said they would they invented it or somebody else took the credit and everything. But uh, yeah, uh, Nelson's been around for a long time and he's seen it all. Uh, they need to they need to back off a little bit. Nelson, is there any room for creativity anymore? Very little. Uh, and, you know, the problem, even though there's room for it, uh, with the float police out there, uh, <coughs> it's pretty much stopped creativity. I mean, everybody still tries. Uh, but, you know, unless you can stand uh, the potential fine because they think uh, they didn't like what you did. It wasn't against the rules necessarily, but they didn't like it. Uh, do you have fifty or a hundred thousand uh, dollars this week to throw into the pot? Yeah. You know, for the NAS- now, it does go to a good cause. It goes to the NASCAR Foundation, but uh, it, it's hard to say. Uh, if it's coming out of my pocket, it's going to hurt hard. Yeah, and plus, I think there's also a reputational thing i mean it's the sponsor doesn't want their freaky fast car to be illegal and um 
you know, the bad publicity is not always good publicity. Well, that's certainly the case. And, you know, uh, they're trying to catch a lot of it. You know, they're not lo- using the laser this year. They have the uh, the camera uh, and projector system, uh, which, you know, some of them are having problems going through. Uh, some people say it's not repeating properly, but it's a lot smoother than it was last year. So what do- I'm sorry. I'm just going to ask you, so what are we looking at uh, this week at Phoenix? Uh, we got... Um- Martin Truex back on the pole. I know the Chevys were fast in practice, but uh, he got that Toyota up there. Is uh, not that he's gone anywhere, but is he back? Or because he's, uh, you know, he dominated last year, and he sort of with Harvick doing so well the last couple of weeks, whether he was legal or not. You know, Truex was sort of in the background, but um, it, it's, I don't know. If saying is he back is is proper or not? But uh, are we looking at Truex, the man to beat this week? He's one of uh, probably five. Uh, it's going to be hard to pick a choice this week. But uh, looking at qualifying, it's not really indicative of uh, how the cars are running. Because in the first round of qualifying, uh, you know, uh, the double zero car uh, with Jeffrey Earnhardt uh, burst the wall, so they put the red flag out. So that shortened up practice. It was only 15 minutes, I'm sorry, uh, qualifying first round was only 15 minutes so that took about seven minutes out of it so when they put the uh green flag back out it was a mad dash everybody needed to make a lap and uh you know two car uh brad keselowski uh he didn't even make it into the top group because he he didn't get a, a good lap because he wasn't quite ready when they went back out yeah he's way back there yeah he's starting back you know 25th position yeah but he don't uh, stay there <laughs> no, well, that's because they didn't make make the cutoff with the top twenty four because somebody went out and beat them. Uh, you know, literally, as the uh, red flag came out. Uh, the uh, once again, thirty seven cars. No concern there. Not really. <coughs> you know, uh, I still think they need to have forty or forty two showing up so somebody goes home. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. We talked about that last week, and I, I absolutely agree with that. I like the more the merrier. Not not necessarily start sixty cars at Talladega like they used to, but you know at least that was unreal. But you having a uh, you know have some people have to go home. I mean that's that's added excitement as far as I'm concerned. And uh, Nelson, before if we look at, go ahead, if you look at some of the other uh, series uh, this year, the car series, you know, uh, the local late model series. Uh, they're running this weekend, I believe, up at Caraway, and they've got a very good count. IndyCar has uh, an excess number of cars. So, you know, NASCAR, I guess, is just on the back end of a loop and it's going to have a little time to catch up. But, you know, it looks like racing in, uh, as a whole is very healthy right now. Yeah, and I think the ratings are up a little bit, and uh, the, that was a good, good-looking good crowd, actually, at Las Vegas last week. A very good crowd. I'll tell you one thing, Nelson. Uh, about Phoenix, and, and, and you're out there, and they ain't no telling how many times being you've been out there. Uh, they ain't have a dust storm come up. I mean, it's like you think you're out west. Oh, you are out west. I mean, that's the whole thing you think you're in a cowboy movie. <laughs> and that still happens. And uh, Phoenix, Phoenix is a tough track to get around. Uh, the guys that, that, that know how to get around it and everything, the cars are so equal and everything, 
you, you'll see the cream rise to the top. And uh, Truex, Truex and Harvick, and those guys, and they 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 the ones that's got it. And it's just a matter of time before Chase Elliott gets in there. And uh, well, speaking of which, I'm uh, let's do our picks before the time gets away from us. And I'm going to take Chase Elliott. I haven't gone first yet this year, so I will. And uh, Greg, you go. Who do you want? Well, I tell you what, I, I've still been impressed with the the way Paul Menard has been running the 21 car. Uh. But it seemed like I pick them, and it goes the other way. I'm on them. I'm gonna go when I can't. I'm not gonna go with Harvey, um, Logano. I never have picked him. He and always runs good, and he's leading the point standings without a win this year. We got Cole Bryson sitting in for Ronnie Black. Who are you going to pick, Cole? We'll give, me the, you a, give me the 31. The 31, boy. Now you, you did go out on a limb there with a. Uh, um, Ryan Newman. Ryan Newman. God, I couldn't think of his name for a second. He's so out of the news. And uh, Nelson, you're leading the points, so you pick last. There's still some good ones out there. I think I'm going to uh, go to the wild card this week with Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush. All righty then. And uh, we uh, look forward to the race. I think the Xfinity race is at, two, at 4 o'clock Eastern time. And I would assume that the... Uh, NASCAR race will be about the same time on Sunday. Nelson, we appreciate you coming on, and as always, you're the best. Hey, just, just remember the thing. Daylight saving time on Sunday, but that uh, is kind of weird because right now, today, Phoenix is three hours uh, difference, and tomorrow it's going to be like two hours difference, I believe, because they do not observe daylight time. Ah, okay. Check your local listings then. Wow. Well, thank you, Nelson. We'll Nelson talk to you knows the weather. <laughs> Nelson knows okay. everything. Nelson knows everything. Talk to you next week, Nelson. Sounds good. Bye. All right. That's Nelson Crozier coming to us from Phoenix. And uh, I tell you what, y'all get tired of hearing me say it, but he's the best. And, uh, yeah, he's leading our point standings. He he took uh, Harvick a couple of weeks in a row. And so uh, he's got two points. Nobody else has got one. You know, Nelson Crozier, he, would, he literally ought to get some <laughs> kind of award seriously. Well, we'll give him one at the and, end of the year. And, and the Hall of Fame, because he, he, he's just that ingenious. He's the smartest guy in racing that I've ever been around. And luckily, me and him always got along. He helped he helped me a bunch. And he helps us, too. And, Cole, what would you think? Hey, listen. Being on a real radio show I, for a change. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, listening to you guys, I learned so much. Okay. Well, I hope the, I hope the other people out there... Uh, Tuning in on their cars and uh, everything, car radios, and then their homes uh, can say the same thing because we sure enjoy bringing this to you every Saturday morning. And we will be back next Saturday morning and talk about whatever happened. Greg, good show. Cole, thank you very anytime, much. Anytime, anytime. And everybody out there, keep it between the fences. See you next week. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Wood's books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. We are Fox Sports. 
Your home for bump and run weekday mornings at 7 is Fox Sports 1400. WSBG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.3. Fox Sports trending now. This report presented by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car.